Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Motherfucking mini-episode. Mini-episode. Motherfucking mini-episode. Yup. Yup, there it is. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another phenomenal mini episode, motherfucking mini episode of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep, deep, so deep, put your ass to sleep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories. And we finally work to prove the conspiracies that you the listeners have at home. I am not in my home. I am in a hotel in Chicago that charges me $12 for the Wi-Fi every single day. I'll never forgive these motherfuckers. Do I have a conspiracy about that? Nope. It's just capitalism at work. You pieces of shit. Wi-Fi should be free like water and, uh, and toilet paper and tampons. There's a bunch of stuff that should be free. And I don't have a funny list here. I'm just irritated at the fact that I need to pay somebody for some shit that I could go get at a Starbucks. And frankly, I desperately need in order to talk to you, the listeners. I'm so excited to be here, despite my anger about the Wi-Fi, because I have some fun shit to unpack today. Usually, I really try to take on a brand new subject every time, but occasionally people bring me responses to some of the episodes that we've recorded. They send me new ideas. They send me new complaints. They send me nasty, long letters about how they want to do terrible things to my body. That has nothing to do with the episodes. It's just things that people email a very public uh, <laughs> email space. I don't know why they would presume I'm the only person reading it, but there absolutely have been some some slutty responses to these podcasts. What about black people suffering and and being scammed out of their money and their comfort makes you horny? I'll never know, but I'm grateful. I got to be honest. I'm grateful. If you're horny, I'm grateful. That's that's just who I am. I'm never going to have sex with you. I'm I'm obligated to a very nice lady, but I'm grateful that you want a part of my penis. And I hope that comes across in every episode. 
I hope every episode you listen to, you go, you know, this guy is, he's, he's skeptical. He's questioning. And most importantly, he wants me to have some of that dick. He's grateful for it. And, and you know what? It means the world to me that you would even think that my dick matters. I don't think all dicks matter. I think some dicks probably don't matter. That's a stance that I'm willing to take. And I'm grateful to have a dick that matters. But that's neither here nor there because we have a conspiracy to dig back into. This comes to us from a lady named Sarah. Sarah sent me a message and I'm going to play it for you now. Hi, Langston. Uh, This is Sarah. I just finished listening to your mini-sode about if dogs are racist and you bring up black dog syndrome which is about how black dogs are adopted less mm-hmm. or purchased less, whatever, in the dog-owning world. Yep. And what I have heard about that is a big reason that that happens with rescues and everything is that black dogs don't photograph well. You can't see Uh-oh. the details in their cute little doggy faces. And the reason for that is because that photography has always been racist. The way that photographers have to um, accommodate for skin tones and stuff, it isn't really supported by the film or the digital cameras that we use, although it's getting somewhat better at this point. But um, just another layer of conspiracy on top of the original conspiracy. Mm -hmm. Well, Sarah, first of all, thank you so much for uh, making that conspiracy a little bit sadder. Thank you for coming in with a little extra pizzazz of sadness to add to the conspiracy that already made a bunch of people feel not great. We love you dearly for sending this, Sarah. First, let's just unpack a few things that are troubling in your observation. Number one, basically what you're suggesting is a bunch of people are adopting dogs and being like, well, I want a slave, but I don't want a slave I can't take pictures with. I don't want a slave that doesn't photograph well. I need a slave that looks miserable when they take a picture next to me. And it's a sharp, precise photo of them looking sad, not just a slave that disappears into the background. And furthermore, we got to get back to putting makeup on dogs. Do you know what I mean, Sarah? If you got a black dog and that dog ain't showing up on camera, contour that doggy face. Put that doggy, give that doggy some some edge. Give them a few white lines so that they stand out on camera. We can't let these slave dogs go unphotographed. Furthermore, here's my biggest issue with it. And obviously I'm joking about uh, contouring the doggy faces. I don't need any of you writing letters about how I secretly support L'Oreal and Estee Lauder and all these other makeup companies who I know experiment on animals, despite the fact that they tell me otherwise. There's no way you can convince me that you don't occasionally pick up a monkey just to try out some chemicals real quick. But that's neither here nor there. Also, you can't sue me. I called no sue rules right before the podcast started. You didn't hear it, but I said, no sue me. And and if I say that legally, I'm safe. Anyway, Sarah, one of the more troubling parts of this is that just the entire culture of photographing animals in the first place. Let's move on from photographing animals. It's just another way for the government to be tracking you. The NSA is using your dog pictures to figure out where you are, what you're doing. You're taking your dog to some park and thinking you're taking a charming photo of old uh, 
Uh, Whiskers. I don't know why you called your dog Whiskers. You're a weird motherfucker, but you named your dog Whiskers and you took a picture of him in the park. And then some governor's daughter turns up face down in the in the pond in that park with a syringe in her arm. And now suddenly you're a suspect. Your Whiskers snitched on you and you were a accomplice in the crime. This is just another way for us to be uh, tracked, to be falsely accused. I don't support it. Stop taking pictures of your dog. Rub their bellies. They don't give a fuck about Instagram. That is what I say to you, Sarah. I hope that that is. I don't imagine it could have possibly have been helpful, but I do think it was at least 100 percent accurate with zero details uh, <laughs> that need to be questioned or corrected. I think I nailed it. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Didn't miss a thing. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Now, Another fun thing that tends to happen on this podcast is that a lot of people send me shit that is almost too insane to even look up. People send me conspiracies that are so insane that they truly don't even show up on Google searches. There's no way for me to find real information about these things. And what I would like to do is read you an example of one of those today. It's a fun one from a person named Nikolai. Nikolai sent me a message that had a lot of very glowing compliments and also some suggestions about some books that I can read. This motherfucker don't get me at all. I ain't reading shit. But I told him I would. I like to pander to my audience. I don't want old Nikolai to think that I'm a complete piece of shit. 
if I'm being honest, Nikolai, I'm not buying these books. The point is, at the end of that message, one of the things that Nikolai says is that he thinks that Sammy Davis Jr.'s glass eye was actually a piece of Israeli spyware. That's right. He believes that the glass eye that sits in Sammy Davis Jr.'s formerly alive face was actually implanted by Israel as some version of spying on, I guess, America, I guess, popular music in the 1960s and 70s. I'm not quite sure exactly why he thinks Israel is spying, but he says that that is true. Now, I want to be clear. First of all, let's unpack a little bit about Sammy Davis Jr. Sammy Davis Jr. is arguably the greatest disabled performer of all time. I I think it it goes maybe without question. The only person close is Danny Glover because that motherfucker has been 55 for 74 years now. I don't know how he does it. It is it's some version of Benjamin Button disease, but it ain't Benjamin Button. It's more like a Bradley Button. You know what I mean? Just like a a offshoot cousin of of Benjamin Button, where you don't grow younger, you just stay the age of a a very tired man. For the remainder, the whole of your life, truly. The point is, Sammy Davis Jr., this man was a a brilliant performer, a singer, an actor, a dancer, uh, some call a coon. I don't know. He he did it all. (laughs) But Sammy Davis Jr. lost his eye. And this is something I didn't realize. Sammy Davis Jr. lost his eye in a car crash in 1954, a near deadly car crash, when his face hit a button on the steering wheel, a bullet-shaped button on the steering wheel of his Cadillac, because back then, Cadillacs in 1954 and 1955, Cadillacs had a signature steering wheel where literally there was a metal-like protrusion in the middle of the steering wheel, I guess for impaling people. I'm not really sure what the function was meant to be. Truly, how insane is it That we think we're like this advanced society and literally 50, 70 years ago, we were creating vehicles with a fucking spear pointed at our hearts the entire time we drive. We're not advanced as a society. We're not good people. We're fucking idiots. And every day we learn a little bit more of how stupid we are. That said, after the accident, Sammy was later fitted with a glass eye, which he kept for the remainder of his life. Now, Sammy. As I mentioned earlier, shortly after the accident, also converted to Judaism. He often cited that car crash as the thing that pushed him into seeking out other forms of religion. He, I guess, felt like the black church and Catholicism. I think he he grew up uh, Catholic at one point, wasn't answering the questions that he needed. And therefore, he turned to Judaism and felt like Judaism offered some solutions that I guess these other religions didn't. Now, Sammy does have a history of aligning himself with the white devil. Many of you are familiar with the fact that he was a member of the Rat Pack, a group of all white men, mostly alcoholics and singers to gangbangers. But they made some hits. They made some goddamn classics. And I really like that Frank Sinatra and that Dean Martin. Those guys had it all. Uh, He also hung out with Elvis, known stealer of black culture. He maintained multiple very public relationships and even married white women. And most importantly, he supported known racist President Richard Nixon, much to the chagrin of the black community at the time. I think it's more than fair 
that instead of looking at this in terms of some sort of Israeli spyware based off of this information, that it's more likely that that glass eye was, in fact, a Caucasian infiltration system. That's right. I believe. And this is my theory. So fuck your theory, Nikolai. Papa's stepping in. He's taking over. I believe that white people knew that Sammy Davis Jr. would find his way back into black lives, that black people are very forgiving of our celebrities. Look at Breezy. Look at Tory Lanes. Look at uh, who's another one. Uh, If Isaiah Washington ever gets this shit together, we'll probably forgive him. Who knows? The point is black people are always forgiving our celebrities for the dumb shit that they do. And with that, white people knew that Sammy Davis Jr. would find his way back. And so they put a spy system in that eyeball so that he could pick apart all of our our progress and our secrets. Sammy Davis Jr., this is something that many people don't know, actually participated in the 1963 March on Washington alongside Dr. King. What a perfect opportunity, if you ask me, for the CIA or the FBI or that bitch flow from progressive to try and infiltrate and destroy what little power we as black people have been building this entire time. Sammy Davis Jr., he didn't have to work for Israel. In fact, a lot of Jewish people of America don't even support Israel. We're in the middle of a, a very tense time in this country, and I need to be clear about that. My dad is Jewish. He don't support Israel. He fucks with gefilte fish, and that's it. That motherfucker is disinterested in the rest of all their shenanigans. But the point is, Sammy Davis Jr. didn't have to align himself with Israel. He already had the white man on his belt buckle. He had the white man in his eyeball. And because of that, he became a weapon, a goddamn super spy, a, a, a robot for the, the Nixon administration and I assume many administrations to follow. So, Nikolai, I hope you learned your lesson. I hope you go out into the world from this point on and you say, damn, I'm a fucking idiot. And Langston's right. He's brilliant. He really picked it all apart. Anyway, all right, I rambled for quite a bit, and most of this felt like nonsense, but I bet you'll enjoy some of it. Mm, not all of it. That's almost certain, not all of it. But yeah, I bet you enjoyed some of it. And if you enjoyed any of it, which I take full credit for, if you enjoyed any of it, you owe me money. But the point is, if you enjoyed any of it, I would love for you to send me more conspiracies, more of your thoughts and feelings and dumb shit that you come up with, like Nikolai and like Sarah. Send it to mymamapod at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you and berate you in front of, I assume, 15 listeners every week. That's about where I I imagine we land in terms of the, the numbers. But yeah, okay, send that stuff. Bye, bitch. Motherfucking mini episode. Mini episode. Motherfucking mini episode. Motherfucking mini episode. Mini episode. Motherfucking mini episode. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 
24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.